Hey, Zero Cool Podcast. Welcome. Happy Sunday, everybody. Um, in studio with us today, the DRP, a.k.a. Donnie Polinski. Woo! Holy Ruckus. Shit. That is loud as <laughs> my headphones. A um, couple of things I got to go over first before we get started. Uh, we are sponsored by joinplayboy.com. Uh, just click on, click on the link, support Zero Cool Podcast, and subscribe. There's a custom gallery that is put up every week just for you guys. Um couple other things I wanted to say for those of you who came out to my gigs uh, this last week. We were off last week due to Easter. I wasn't able to plug them, but I was at Brothers for uh, last week, Saturday, and this past Friday. Um, slowly but surely getting back to normal with uh, getting back into DJing and stuff like that. So hopefully more of that is down the road, and uh, hopefully we can get back to, to doing business. If you came out, uh, uh, thank you. Also, big shout to DJ Analog. She stopped through. Uh, and said what's up it was great to see her she's now living in kansas city um i said maybe i'd come down there and come party in kc they got amazing barbecue so um and, and tech nine lives there uh, yeah and tech nine <laughs> lives there. there's actually the, when i was there there was a huge billboard yeah i was like they're like promoting like tech nine for something that was going on. i was like no he's shit. the king of kc man yeah so i was like fuck yeah uh what else do i got going on oh um jägermeister behind the shot mix if you have not yet checked it checked it out it is up on mixcloud uh, I believe we are doing the barcode graphic, correct, Brandon? Yep. So uh, all you have to do is there will be a graphic at the bottom of where I'm talking. I'm assuming like right here somewhere. Yep. Right there. I don't. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you scan that with your phone, it'll take you a direct link to uh, to go check out that mix. Uh, Actually, after a couple of white claws, I'm gonna look down there. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, last but certainly not least, big shout out to my good friend, uh, Chicago Nick. He opened up uh, Shadow Personal Training. So if you're in Chicago area and you're listening to this podcast, go check him out. He's at 2618 Halstead Avenue down in Chicago. He is one of the best guys in the world, the uh, former head trainer for Equinox. Um, And I talk about him constantly on the podcast. He always comes to the UFC fights with us over at Brothers. And now, officially getting started now, we got everything out of the way. Donnie. DRP, welcome on out. It's been. I'll try not to yell. No, yell as much as you want to. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yell away from the mic. <laughs> but uh, welcome on out. I, I'm finally glad to get you in here. Number one, and number two. I don't think I've seen you in like almost two years now. Uh-uh. Since the pandemic, for yeah. sure. Um, I think the last time I saw you, we were out in Anaheim, and you were playing with Mod Classic. Oh fuck that! We went to that strip club afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no, I mean. I went to school because you were like, I got to go to church in the morning. <laughs> Bring so so my, uh, I I haven't brought this up yet. My, uh, my girlfriend's dad actually tuned into my podcast last yeah, week. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, he's doing a really good job. He made his guests cry. <laughs> and so she was just like, she's like, please, like, ignore all this stuff, the, the, crazy shit that he talks about. But we yeah, shouldn't it, be on this podcast together then right it, now. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> all right. But yeah, the last time we had hung out, we we ended up getting blackout drunk and going to a strip club, and it was one of those that like was that in Anaheim? That was in Anaheim. Oh, that was after the Do- the Dollhouse show, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Dollhouse so, Doll show. Yep, yep. That actually that whole thing worked out really well because you had plugged the fact that you were on tour at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm like you're gonna be out in the West Coast. I was like, well, I'm gonna be out in that area at the same time. Yeah. Um, I remember what I was out there for. Um, Cassie, one of the guests on the show, uh, Cassie Lederbach, him and I flew out to. Flew out to L.A. or no? We flew out. We flew in the Anaheim. I yeah. think they actually have their own airport. 
flew into Anaheim to go catch uh, the UFC fights. It's when uh, I think there was a UFC fight out yeah. there. I remember you. Yeah. Daniel Cormier was fighting uh, Stipe Miocic, and Anthony was fighting uh, Nate Diaz. Actually, there was a there's a great fight. Yoel Romero fought. Uh, um, I forgot his first name. Costa. God damn, that was a fucking banger for three rounds. But yeah, the next day you were playing in Anaheim, and I was like, yeah, it was like a Sunday night or some yeah. shit. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it, dude, I'm gonna stick around. And that was the last. Day. That was the last date of that tour with Mod. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole West Coast run, dude. That was a blast, and it was one of those too that was like, I'm so, I'm so used to being in Wisconsin. Like, I had a bunch of joints on me. I was like, <laughs> I rolled up. I was like, I was like, does anyone give a shit if I smoke weed? They're like, no, no, just don't shoot up in the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Donnie, can't get... Then, there's a card for that. Just tell us you're going to do it. <laughs> but yeah, we ended up... Uh, number one, that was a great show. You had amazing bands that played. There was a, uh, the one that sticks out. There was a dude that I met, I was talking with, and you said you knew him for a bunch of years. Yep. He came out with like... Potty mouth. Potty mouth. He came yep. out with a huge like foam head. That's Jason Basha. He was in Green Jelly for a minute too. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a guitar player for Green Jelly. Dude, that guy was awesome. Because I just remember like talking to him for a while, and we were talking music. We were talking a bunch of other shit. And all of a sudden, like ten minutes later, I see him come out with. I was like, "Is that the same guy I was just talking <laughs> yeah. to?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, like, I actually met him uh, when Soar moved out to LA for our first record deal type thing. Mm-hmm. He was out at the studio we worked at. Zach Wild was out there, like he knew Zach Wild and all those guys. Yeah. And uh, I met him, and I met a couple other guys that I still talk to this day. That's from two thousand five, two thousand six, out there. But yeah, dude, it's amazing how long you can keep friends like especially in the music industry like i i kind of got into it with Brandon yesterday um i was like dude i'm like i've known donnie since i was 17 yeah i was like i was like fuck i was like when i was so him and i have kind of a similar background i don't know if you remember this or not we had a tv studio in our high school i, I do kind of remember this a little so one yeah. i was like i had projects i had to do like we had all these different pro- like he had to do like these indie films and shit like that yeah the shit that i did was documentaries and interviews and shit like that so one of the first docs i ever did was on your first band reverend epicurean <laughs> i kind of remember it like sitting down at a like bar with you oh god i hope you don't <laughs> have that shit anymore you know what it it was in a rubber made container so I hope it got destroyed. No, so it's. I, I hope not. I remember. I do remember that. When it's, you- it's on VHS, so we'd have to a find a VHS player. Yeah, yeah. just go to any Goodwill. Out, yeah, try and figure out how to hook that shit up to our TVs. Not none of those components are yeah. even there anymore. Yeah. But I had I had some great interviews from back in the day. Like I remember I had interviewed almost every band that came through the rave. Like I had interviews with Garbage. I had interviews. Oh, that'd be cool to see that shit. So I ended up the Steve Marker. Um, butch vig interview i ended up talking like i talked about garbage it was their second album tour yeah i talked with i talked with them about their music a little bit and then i ended up going in i ended up nerding out and just talking like studio shit with them and i was like so it was like recording the nevermind record (laughs) and they're like that's that has nothing to do with garbage i was like i don't give a shit yeah we're we're talking about this (laughs) i was like i'm probably never gonna be able to talk to you guys again so i fuck it let's just (laughs) yeah i was like what are you guys going to do? Kick me out of this yeah, interview? Yeah. Well, they, they can, yeah. But. I'm like, listen, you're dealing with a teenage fanboy. Just fucking yeah, deal with yeah, it, man. Yeah. Do you still have those Nirvana guitars there? Yeah. No, it's, no, I've heard. I've heard stories that like Kurt gave them a bunch of guitars That's and awesome. shit like that. And I was like, fucking hell. But no, they uh, they ended up referring me to um, my first digital audio workstation. Um, Acid Pro was a Madison or Acid was a Madison based company. Yeah. And they were giving out demos online. They're like, yeah, they're like, if you like music, like, check this out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
that's how that's how all this started started yeah was just me playing around on acid and and writing music and shit like that um but yeah going back to what i was saying dude it's amazing on how long you can have friends in this industry there's guys i've worked with because it's like a brother or brother and sisterhood you know what i mean like uh musicians and entertainers we we all live off the same fucked up brain type thing you know what i mean we you have to be a little fucked up to be an entertainer. Yeah. I, I would like to say it's probably like the same. We're all members of the same shitty fraternity. We've all yeah. been dicked over by promoters. <laughs> yep. Club yep. owners. Yep. So it's easy to relate to everyone. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, longest longest friends I've had. You, uh, DJ E-Rich, Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, who I've known since. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, him and I have been friends since middle school. He's, I want- he's killing it, too. Like, he's mixing a lot of big uh, artist uh, stuff now between Force 5 and like... I. I since I know so so many people, they're like, "Hey, who recorded that for you?" And I'm referring him, and he's doing really well with Mad Science. Check out Mad Science Audio Labs, Kyle Krukowski. Now I want to have him on here separately. I thought about having you guys on together, and I yeah. was like, "No." I was like, for the amount of stuff that Kyle knows and the the amount of stuff that I can cover with him, mm-hmm. I was like, that can be its own podcast on its yep. own. Yep. And besides that, like me trying to do, I've tried to do it with a three man booth, like. With the band Tenlo, it worked because they're yeah. both members of the same, same band. Yeah, and I and I've kind of figured out that I'm like, okay, I'm like, I can have one-on-one conversations that kind of work better. So yeah, I think I'm gonna probably either do that for May or June, and just be like, just have them on separately and just talk to him about everything that he's mm-hmm. been doing. But no, more than anything, I want to catch up with him. Yeah, and I mean, just being, able, I just want to be like, dude, come by like two hours before the podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I got some issues. I need you to help me work out <laughs> on my computer. But um, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I definitely want to have him on. And the dude's just been killing it too mm-hmm. for like solid for the last ten years out yep. of his out of his house studio. Yep. Um, so as far as music with Kyle goes, what are you currently working on? I know you recently put out um the Ruckus mixtape. Ruckus mixtape volume two. Hells yeah. All the Force Five crew, uh Danny Diablo, Big Left, me, uh King Relic, Jason Logic, Prolific, um, uh, not any last words were on this one. Um, yeah, every, everyone from Force Five that was while we were recording this, we just released that. Um, <clears throat> we really uh, we we've been real busy. Jason Logic released his album Soundcheck in January. Um, we released a couple singles with Any Last Words and signed them in February. Uh, we've been working on the Scarhead record. We've been working on the Big Left record. If anyone's familiar, like Big Left was in La Coca Nostra with Everlast, uh, Danny Boy, Slain, Ill Bill. Uh, Danny Diablo's like the king of New York hardcore. He's all his projects come out through the label. Finishing up the Saint Dog record for it. It's a split between Suburban Noise Records and Force Five. It's the last Saint Dog just passed away in October of last year. So we got a bunch of demos and remixes and some original songs that we're putting out. And his his kids actually going to be on it. So oh, I'm nice. super stoked about that. Um, finish yeah, finishing up some DRP stuff. I mean, it's nonstop. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm working on shit for Suburban Noise besides all this. So so it's a lot. Hey, I do have to ask about this because I remember talking to you about it because I, I had inboxed you when it was kind of going on. Uh, Danny got into it with not Chris Brown, the rapper, but Chris Brown, the from, vocalist from Trapped. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Boo. No, but uh, so he got into it with him. How did that start? Okay, so basically, I, I'm not going to say quote me on everything, but uh Chris Brown was running his mouth. You saw all the, the posts and stuff. He was yeah. he's just running his mouth. Yeah, fine, freedom of speech, whatever. But he's got to, I think he should have just relaxed on some of that dumb shit he was saying. But then 
he got into it with Ice T and said, well, let's compare record sales. One, Ice T is a fucking icon. Your name is Chris Brown from Trapped. Yeah. Ice T, Chris Brown. Who who's gonna be remembered in the end for music? <laughs> one of the innovators of hip hop and one of the greatest like thrash punk bands in body count. And he's also been on SVU for twenty two fucking seasons. Or Chris Brown from Trapped. So you're gonna try to have a pissing contest with Ice T. One that's stupid as fuck. Former pimp, smart as fuck. Give me a break. So then all Danny Danny chimed in because Ice T and Danny are good friends. Yeah. Actually, last month on Fox News, check out the New York Hardcore Streetwear. Ice T rocked this on Fox News for us. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, check out New York Hardcore Streetwear. Go to force5records.com. Danny Diablo merch. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> and I, if you're able to put a plug on that too, yeah. If you but, can build the graphic quick. But basically, I mean, uh, Danny was like, "Yo, what the fuck are you doing talking shit about Ice T?" So then Chris went off on Danny. Didn't realize who he was and said, "You look like a tattooed meth head. You ain't shit." Blah blah blah. And everyone in the hardcore world and hip hop was like, yo, do you know who you're talking to? Like, I'm not going to say, but I'm going to say, Danny has got a lot of connections. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and Danny is not one to, like, cross. So when Chris started running his mouth, it just blew up on, on the Twitterverse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I mean, we ran with it and just started fucking talking shit to him. I actually tried to call... Uh, I, I wrote to him like, yo, why are you saying this? Why you know it's stupid? Like, just squash it. Like, don't talk shit about Ice T or Chris. Yeah. I mean, or, or uh, Danny, and he just ran his mouth to me. I'm like, well, what the fuck? This guy's just like obviously unhinged. Like, I'm trying to have like a logical thing with him. So I was like, fuck it, whatever. And I'll tell you what, our uh, numbers went through the roof when that happened. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we sold so much merch. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. So, especially yeah. like when you're on the winning side of I, it. I actually had a few people that were like acquaintances and friends in, in music like go yo you're just you're just uh trying to be chasing for clout i'm like we're doing what we're supposed to do as businessmen you know what i mean yeah. like musicians suffer we go up and down all the time if that gave us i mean it was in rolling stone covered it uh blabbermouth covered it prp like all those big comp- like they covered everything they were showing like videos on force five like we were killing it you know yeah. what i mean so i'm like well fuck it of course i'm gonna run with them i'm gonna say shut the- rolling stone take that off please yeah they- I-, I don't want that clout chasing bullshit give me a fucking break yeah make money yeah um i remember i had hit you up and he was like oh we can fight blah 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 and i was like i was like donnie I was like, this is your chance. I was like, you tell him to come to Milwaukee. I did. I tried, man. I'll train him. I'm I like, just, I'll work with him. Like, wh- what are we going to do here? We can do boxing. We can do kickboxing. We can do MMA. Chris Brown of Trapped. If you want to fight Danny, we've got the UFC connection over here. The, <laughs> uh, we, we, we can make something happen for charity. Let's do it. Danny's ready. Well, here's the thing. He got kicked out of his band like a couple of months ago. They like Trapped released a, a statement because he. Wait, doesn't he own the rights to the band? He got banned from Twitter. I saw that. And Which then, is, by the way, that's bullshit. It is. I, I'm going to side with him there. I, I, I believe freedom of speech. I, I don't think he should be able to. You and I are on the same page. Yeah. Um, I, it's a balancing act for me. Yeah. Because I look at it like this. <clears throat> Social media, they mm-hmm. are still a private entity. And they can, they can write whatever rules that they want. Yes. But when, at what point when you become a level of communication that... On one end of the spectrum, they helped, what was it, 2012 or 2013, they helped Egypt with their, uh, I think they pushed out a, uh, not a Democrat, <laughs> a dictator. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you help on one end of the spectrum. So you have freedom of speech that way. Mm -hmm. But on the other end, when it's speech that you don't like or you don't agree with, then you shut it down. So then it's, well, what are you then? Are, mm -hmm. are you a company or are you like the telephone company where a telephone company doesn't regulate the message that's said on it? Yeah. It, it regulates the connection. So at what point do you make this a utility then? Why, why don't the, the social media companies do this? Because we're such a divided nation, right? No one can get along. There should be, why don't they do this? Whoever runs Twitter, I don't know. This, I'm making this as simplistic as Jack possible. Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey, right. pay attention. Okay, why don't they have people from Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians on a 12-seat forum, and they decide who should get kicked off and who shouldn't, right? And it's 444 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that way there's some equality there to it. You can argue here. I'll I'll tell you what that that counter argument is going to be. Okay, is that there's going to be someone that goes, there isn't enough Mexicans re representative. There's not enough white people. There's not enough Asian people. There's not enough trans people. There's not enough gay people. That everything has to be completely equal. Then this is what we'll do. We're gonna write the. <laughs> there's gonna be twenty people on this thing. We're gonna go to every single. Part of this, actually, make it 500 because I'm sure there's 30 <laughs> genders now, whatever it is. I'm not making fun of you guys, I promise. I, I mean that. I, I joke around about everything. We have every gender on there, every nationality on there, represented by one. Even white. There's only one white motherfucker on there, right? There's one black guy. There's one Asian. There's one, uh, we got to have a mix too then. Yeah. This is going to take a while. Jack Dorsey, let's talk. We'll get this figured out. <laughs> and then they have votes when, like, guys like Trump. You know, Ron Paul got kicked off. Really? Yeah. And all he did was say, was it Ron? Yeah, Ron Paul. Yeah, Ron Paul is libertarian, right? Oh, you're thinking of Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah the libertarian. He got kicked off because all he said is Trump. I, I, don't, I don't believe what Trump says, but I believe he has the freedom of speech to say it on Twitter. And he got kicked off. And he's the most down the middle motherfucker you can have. Well, that's, that's the problem with all this shit now is that. Uh, how do I explain this? There, people bear down so hard they curl their toes into the sand yeah. so hard and they bear down so hard the second that there's any like if you challenge anything that yeah. ha that has to do with their belief with their identity that they're just like no you're wrong and i can't hear it where when you and i were growing up we could have different opinion difference yeah. of opinion yeah. like it'd be like no jay-z is the greatest rapper you're like no dog dmx is the greatest rapper i was gonna do the bark but i don't want to destroy your <laughs> i don't know how loud it gets you blow up my eardrums yeah. i have so I have my I have these high just so that I talk normally. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm trying to like bring my volume up yeah. more. So, but um, you and I could have this argument, and mm -hmm. it, that that could be a heated argument with us yeah. back in the '90s. Yeah. But at the end of it, we're like, "Fuck it, let's go shotgun some beers yeah. and blah blah blah." Yeah. And we would agree to disagree. Yeah. Where now everyone's like, "See, I'm st I'm still like this though. Like I could talk to anybody and." Even if I don't like agree with them 100, percent I'm gonna listen to what they have to say because everyone wants to be listened to. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just talk over people with shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate Nickelback. I have to hear it sometimes. And <laughs> someone has someone tells me sometimes they like they're like this is my favorite band. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Uh, well, let's have a drink, dude. <laughs> If you didn't hate him to begin with, the fact that Chad Kroger, Kroger married Avril Levine makes me hate him even more. Uh, uh, oh, wait, like, are they still married? I hope not. Yeah, I don't know. Avril, if you're out there, let us know what the update is. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
Where the fuck were we going with all this? I know we went to politics. God damn it. Let's talk music. And it always, dude, it always fucking uh. happens. Here, we'll talk about, yeah, we were talking about this a little bit off air. I'm slowly getting back into DJing. It, I felt rusty as fuck playing yeah. last week. But, but how, how was the crowd and stuff like that? Was so it? crowds, not great. Yeah. Cause uh, people are scared to go back out yet. And people, you know what I mean? It's well, number one in Milwaukee, we're dealing with capacity issues. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. With the way those COVID plans are written out, there's a certain capacity that those people can have uh, with the square footage that they have in this venue. So um, let's say Brothers has a capacity of like 600. Well, they're capped at like 320 now Mm. because of restrictions of how many people they can have in there and, and so on and so forth. And the fact that you can't, I'm, I think I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing these rules. You can't be drinking on a quote-unquote dance floor. So, yeah, for a while there, there was no dance floors. And then it was, now you can just wear just a mask. Just get them on a table. Yeah, now, <laughs> now you got to wear a mask and, and stuff like Wait, that. Wait, on the dance floor, you got to wear a mask? Yeah, so there's only like there's only like 30 or 40 kids that go out there. Like, where's my where's my phone? Yeah. I'll pull out the photos. Yeah. But uh, when they first opened, it was wall-to-wall in there. And it's... You know how it is where you just got like nothing but great energy off a crowd. Yeah. And I would play and I was like, God damn. I was like, this is so much fun. Like I came back and played like a week later. And what is this from October? That's November. It was October when I played there. But um, oh, here it is. Dude. This is from last weekend? No, this is from right before they changed the lockdown rules. Oh, shit. So that's the size of the crowd. Yeah. Look at that. That's a fucking madhouse in there. Yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm just <laughs> Dude, the so my girl showed up and the line was down the fucking Holy block. Fuck. But yeah, that's like that's what I was used to is that just like a packed house. Yeah. You know, everyone getting into what you're doing and it's so hard to play when there's like ten people and all they're doing is it's, this the entire time. Really? It's so fucking annoying. So yeah, I'm hoping that by they're like I'm out and about, check it out. Yeah, no mask. <laughs> but um, I'm like, please don't tag us where you're at. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's hard to play. It, it's like playing an acoustic show, man. Like there's just no yeah. energy there. Yeah, I'm hoping by summertime we kind of move back into normal. I hate to tell you this, but I probably played a thousand clubs to ten people. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the underground uh, vibe. <laughs> Not even an acoustic. I'd probably get more in acoustic sometimes. <laughs> the DRP plays acoustic. 20 people. Holy fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping by summertime that this all gets back to normal. Um, are you pre-planning stuff? I know you're doing the, the show down in Texas. By the way, time out. Uh, Lancaster, Texas. Yep. 420 show. You can check out DRP. And the Force 5 crew. Who else is playing on that show? Uh, well, Razakel and the Slice Girls are the headliner. They're good friends of ours in Texas. And then it's um, there's a whole bunch of other bands from down in Texas. Uh, and then uh, it's me, Prolific, King Relic, Rick Dog, and Jason Logic. We're heading down there. We were actually supposed to play a show the next night, but the show got postponed due to COVID. It's a, it's a really big show, and I can't really announce it yet because it's being rescheduled. But it's one of my favorite groups of all time that we're supposed to be playing with down there. So it, we were bummed that we couldn't do it this time. But with COVID, we kind of understood it was a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. But thank God, Razakel and, and her team from uh, She Entertainment, she's like, hey, we're, we're playing uh, while you guys are down here. Can, you want to do this show? So she kind of 
helped us out a lot. So we're, we're going on there. We're going to fucking party. I, I got a bunch of uh, T-shirts. We're just going to throw them out, CDs. Boom. Just just party for two days. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to King Relic. I know he had posted about, about the podcast and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I met him at Highbury. Man, six or seven years ago. Oh, really? And it was just, he had the tattoo shop. I yep. think that was connected to it. And uh, he ended up, he was drinking with Joe Katz. And we're, we're he entered, Joe always introduces me to like people. He's like, Parker, he's like, do you know, I don't know what King Relic's real name is. William. He, he's like, do you know William? And I was like, I, I, no. He's like, he's like, you guys would get together. He does music and shit like that. And I ended up giving him a ride back to South Milwaukee at some point. And we were rapping in the car about music and shit like that. But yeah. uh, still remember you, brother. Nice hanging out with you. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I going with this before? Uh, oh. We're talking about Texas. Oh, shows. yeah, Texas. Yeah. So with uh, with Texas then, uh, you'd said something about moving the show. Okay, yeah, I remember where I was going with this now. So along with the Texas show, are you pre-planning shows already, or are you just kind of waiting for restrictions to get lifted? I've been, I've been, We've been waiting for restrictions a little bit to get lifted, but we've been talking – even between Force Five and like Suburban Noise Records, they're trying to figure out tour dates for all their guys. Mm-hmm. So th- there's been a few things that have been popping up. Um, I-, I talked to Danny Diablo today. I'm like, hey, we really got to get a tour going soon. But I was like, are you worried about shit? Right before the pandemic hit, we were supposed to have a Crown of Thorns, which is Danny Diablo's band, um, Sick of It All, and um, um, Agnostic Front were supposed to go on the road. And it was this big tour. And it's been rescheduled three times, so we're hoping it gets rescheduled here for fall now. That'll Hopefully, we get that one out there. And then I'm going to plan one with Danny and me. Uh, Head PE is going on the road, look like July, so hopefully that happens for Suburban Noise. A lot of the other artists there that I work with, uh, they're, they're planning things. So everyone's kind of like putting their toe in the water. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's getting warmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might jump in. <laughs> so you you keep making references back to suburban noise. Now, yeah. are you a f- like so? Is that like one of those deals where, for example, the the best way I can describe this in my head is that there was Interscope, and then there would be like an artist an artist uh, record label. Mm-hmm. Are you with them? Are they doing distribution for you, or how does that work? It basically varies by project, but like I, I work for Suburban Noise as as an entity by itself. Like I do a lot of um, marketing, uh, music. You know what I mean? Like I, I work a lot with them just as Suburban Noise. But Kevin Zinger, the owner of Suburban Noise SRH Productions, he uh, he 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 digs everything I'm doing. He's like, hey, what do you got going on? Like the Saint Dog record is going to be a Sub Noise release with Force Five. Um, Scarhead, we're talking about it. We'll see. You know, nothing's coming fruition. The new Saint, uh, the old Saint Dog record was. I so I go back and forth with both, but yeah, Force Five is kind of like we'll we'll call it the minor league system for suburban noise okay. at, at times. You know what I mean? Like it's still its own entity, but Kevin's been so gracious with me with everything. Like whenever I have an idea, he's like, "Yeah, I think I can run with that." You know what I mean? But Zinger is such a busy dude. Like he he owns like four different record labels besides the suburban noise. Like he's got so much on his plate. You know what I mean? So he's got all these different people that work around him, but the, the dude's nonstop from morning to night and. You never know when you're – I'm two hours behind him. He'll send something at 2 in the morning, California time. It's 4. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to get to this when I wake up in a couple <laughs> hours. But he's nonstop. He's, I've never met a harder grinder in my life than him. So how did that come about then? So was it just one of those that you guys had linked up and – Basically, for years, I was booking acts. I worked at the Rave for a while, mm-hmm. so I, I got familiar with how to book tours and stuff like that. So I got to meet people, and I met a lot of the artists from Suburban Noise Records back in the day. D. Gaff, Chucky Chuck, Potluck, 
um, Head PE, you know, all those guys. So I started setting up shows, even mini shows, like weekends, and then it turned into bigger tours and bigger tours. And Kevin knew me from uh, Gillies from DGAF. They're good friends. And he's like, yo, Kevin, you should check Donnie out. He's, he's working hard. So we've known him, but you know, I've known him forever because he's huge. Like, uh, I, I, I wish I could be the Kevin Zinger of Milwaukee, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, so a couple years ago, I, I approached him. I'm like, hey, I got the St. Dog record. It's almost done. Would you be interested in partnering with me? Because I, I think you could help me make it even bigger. And he's like, yeah. And from there, it's just worked into, he's like, hey, do you want to work for Suburban Noise? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yeah. So I didn't realize that you had worked for the Rave as well. So were you booking or were you doing promotions? Like how, how did your that work out for you? It was a little bit of everything. First, I worked in the fucking flyer room, stapling flyers together. And I was uh, booking shows for SOAR through them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so I, it was my way to get a foot in the door with uh, the Rave. And then I got became friends with everyone. And we'd get on all the bigger shows there. And then it turned into, hey, do you want to be the sta uh, assistant stage manager? And I would stage manage. And then it was, hey, do you want to interview a bunch of these bands? And I interviewed all those bands back in the day. And then it, it just developed from there. You know what I mean? And then Joe Balistrieri, the owner, uh, he taught me. He did. He showed me things like this is how you do this, this is how you do this. And then Justin Morales, he got in there and, you know, he helped me with a, a ton of things too. So I just got to know everybody. It was networking. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Nice, man. Yeah. I actually, we were talking about this off air. Um, one, one of the only shows I ever got to do at the rave was because of you. Which, oh, so, yeah, we did. Yeah. With the Reverend Epicurean. So I, I wish I, I knew what show it was for. So I, I so here's, here's the crazy part about that. I had a friend of mine who filmed it. His name was uh, John De La Cruz. He's a friend of mine through, he was a friend of mine in high school. He's now a friend of mine through jujitsu. Yeah. And one of the first things I did when I saw him, I was like, dude, I'm like, I've been looking for you for like 15 years. I was like, you filmed. You look around social media? <laughs> like he had, he, like, he's a nomad, dude. No, he he I, went I, all I, over yeah. the place. He was yeah. living in Arizona and shit like that. And then yeah. he eventually moved back to Milwaukee. And I was like, yo, man, I was like, you have the only video of like me playing at the rave. I was like, do you still have it? He's like, oh, man, I recorded over it when I what? when I graduated from the Navy. I was like, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to what I was saying, the, yeah. the only time I ever got to play the rave bar was because of you. Yeah, it was because Reverend Epicurean had bassist who's a longtime friend of ours. Dan yeah. Wooten yep. was just done with it and he didn't want to do it, do it anymore. And you guys were like, oh, we got to cancel this show. And I was like. I was managing you guys at the time, yeah. and I was like, we're not canceling this it's show. It's funny. You were managing us at 17. I was like 21 at the time. Yeah. It <laughs> just gotta, made, it made sense. Like, Parker's kind of professional. Yeah. <laughs> and if, you know, someone doesn't want to pay actually, us. Actually, no. Uh, I was 17. We're, how old are you? Don't say how old you are. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want anyone to figure out how old I am. No. Everyone, I just talked about the fact that my, my 40th birthday was last oh, week. Fuck. Which, by the way, everyone who hit me up on Facebook and emailed and texted and phone called and FaceTime me. Thank you very much. Uh, my good friend Bobby from Champions always calls me every year and, and sings me happy birthday at my voicemail. <laughs> so it's always one of those that I wake up to it where I'm like, oh, I got a, I got a voicemail message from Bobby. And it's happy birthday. <laughs> Hopefully he's really drunk. I, if it's a sober happy birthday, I'm, I'd be like, nope, delete. No, <laughs> I, I guarantee it, Bobby's always got a couple. Yeah, he's always had a, a, a few in him. All right, good, good. I but, like this guy already. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll swing by and go. We'll go say hi to Bobby. <laughs> yeah. He's always he's always tells me he's tuning into the podcast every time we do it. So yeah. I gotta get over there and wish him happy birthday as well. But um, yeah. Going back to what I was saying, learned bass in like I think four hours and then played that show. That shows how complex our songs were back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> I was like, this is it. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> 
It's a different time. It was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had also talked about off air um, with the recent passing of, of DMX that there is a cover of the Rough Riders anthem that you did with that band. Yep. That I literally pulled out. A couple. Of, I found it in a box. And I hope it never resurfaces because there's way too many N words that I shouldn't be saying on that one. <laughs> I still cover that song now on my sets, yeah. but I change. If anyone knows Rough Riders Anthem, this what read the lyrics to it. Go check out the lyrics and then come back and be like, "This motherfucker rap this word for word like back in the day." I did. <laughs> Not anymore. But yeah, <laughs> I found that and I was just like, I was like, God damn, dude, uh, that will never. The audio will never see the light of day. That's that's sitting somewhere upstairs in my room. Yeah. But um. But yeah, dude. All that stuff back in the day was such a blast, dude. And I I still think it's funny that like, dude, I was seventeen representing you, and I, it was like, well, Parker's professional, and if someone doesn't want to pay us, we'll just you know we'll give them a couple of jolt coals and just be like go get their ass. Yeah. <laughs> just head down. Just give us our fucking yeah. money. Do you, you know what? Now that I think about it, whatever happened to the the guy that managed you guys after me, because I had left and I he started radio. Lives in Vegas. He's doing well. He's uh, selling homes out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. I I didn't like that guy when <laughs> I left. <laughs> I remember I butted heads with him. I'm like, I'm gonna beat your ass before I fucking leave, dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm that about was to move the transition from Reverend Epicurean to. Are you talking about that from Tesor? Yeah, that was Nigel. Yeah, right? Nigel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just remember I was I was like leaving. I was like, I do not want to leave this band and this dude's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Nigel, if you're out there, you owe me a lot of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, it, it's crazy. You know, looking back at the last, fuck, the last bunch of years mm. of all the homies that we've worked with, so on and so forth, and dude, you know what? And still seeing you doing this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and still grinding, doing Force Five, and and working with Suburban Noise, doing the mixtapes, so on and so forth. This is just fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And actually, if anyone's into thrash or punk, I'm in a band called. Well, you said Mod. Yeah. yeah. We just released our first single. Our drummer is from DRI, the original drummer from DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, Felix Griffin, and then uh, the original uh, rhythm section from USA for Mod, uh, Tim McMurtry and Kenny Ballone. Our our first album with Combat Records is coming out. I, I can't give a release date yet, but it's just about worked up and uh, finished the mixing part of it. So we're gonna work on the marketing part soon. So, what was the other label that you're working with on that one? Combat Records. Combat Records. Yep. Now, how did you come about with working with Combat? So Tom Hazard, who runs Combat Records with Dave Ellison, uh, Tom Hazard used to manage my old band Primer Fifty Five. Mm-hmm. If anyone remembers, like the new metal from the two thousands, Primer Fifty Five was on Island Def Jam Records. Um, so he managed us after when when I joined the band. Now. People say, oh, you were in Primer 55 in 2000? No, that was Jason. He was the original singer. He was the most badass singer on the planet. He, he passed away a few years ago. A lot of people think I had like beef with him. I, Me and Jason talked all the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, we both we both uh, battled drug addictions, so we, we had something in common. We talked about it all the time. So Primer 55 is Jason, but I was in Primer 55. So when people are like, why do you bring that up? Like, I, It was five years of my life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I never try to replace Jason, but there's some weird beef with that with people like the fans. Like I, I loved Primer Fifty Five as a fan, and and I was in the band for a while, so it, it's still a part of me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it always will be. But Jason is Primer Fifty Five. Anyways, I went off on a tangent. What no, were we talking about? Yeah. Um, we were talking about Combat Records. Combat Records. Uh, so Tom Hazard used to manage Primer Fifty Five when I was in the band, and then he uh, teamed up with Dave Ellison from Megadeth to start Combat Records, and 
So we all know the kind of the same people. He's he put together a deal for us, so we're working on this first record with with them. So I work closely with Tom, uh, Dave Elson. I do a lot of stuff for too. It's, it's it's a trip because Megadeth is one of my favorite bands, and I have Dave Elson email me like, "Hey, blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw Megadeth a bunch of years ago, actually at the rave. Um, this lineup was fucking sick. It was Volbeat opened. Yeah, they um, opened. They opened. Yeah. Um, not Mudvayne. Um. Motorhead, sorry, Motorhead, who played so ungodly, like it's no joke. It's the loudest concert I've ever heard in my life. My ears are ringing now thinking about those shows. So it was me, my friend PJ from Wausau, and he brought two two of his staffers down with him, and the girls thought it was so loud that they were tearing money in <laughs> half, rolling it up, <laughs> and putting it in their ears. Yeah, like I was screaming as loud as I could to order a beer, and they're like, what? The two loudest shows, well, actually, the three most loud shows is always Motorhead, Motorhead, Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Motorhead's one and two on every list. I swear to God. it's And they're a three, they were a three-piece. It yeah. was so ungodly, but I loved it. Oh, dude. I don't know if I could do it. If I was like 70, I don't know if I'd go to a Motorhead show, but yeah. uh, let me. Rest in peace, brother. Yeah, and then Megadeth was the headliner on that one, and it was... I felt bad because it was one of those that after Motorhead played, Megadeth seemed so quiet. quiet? Yeah. And I was just like, something feels That's awful. a great fucking show, though. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. the first time I actually got to see Megadeth, too. Yeah. But yeah, Volbeat, uh, Motor, Motorhead, and Megadeth was just I have a funny Lemmy story. Go for it. All right. All right. I got a million stories, so if I go off on a tangent, mm. I'm sorry. Tell all the stories you so, want. Time out. Before we go even further... Um, we're going to go in stories with Lemmy. Number one, I want to give a shout out to this because I think this is just fucking amazing. Is that if you can, Randy, you getting get this well? Force 5 Records has their own rolling papers. Ruckus wraps. The ruckus wraps. <laughs> you, should do, you should do those for uh, for condoms too, the ruckus wraps. <laughs> when you're down to make the ruckus. Anyone that ruckus. listens to Force 5 will look at that condom and go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> those are just sit in the warehouse. <laughs> Uh, all right, hold on. Well, one other thing I totally forgot about that I wanted to plug as well. Um, next week, Saturday, uh, Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight. Um, I'm not going to be able to host, host this, but the hosting site will be Uncle Bucks over on Old World 3rd Street. There will be some specials that we're putting together. I'm talking with uh, Ricardo from Uncle Bucks tomorrow. So uh, if you're looking to see the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight next Saturday, you want to go to Uncle Bucks, the top two floors are going to be dedicated just to the fights. There's about 80 seats available, so come early. Uh, ben Askren is from Wisconsin. He's an Olympic wrestler who's going to be boxing Jake Paul, who is utterly fucking annoying. I was going to say, it's the Ben Askren-Jake Paul fight. Don't put Jake Paul first. Fuck that. Time out. <laughs> We're going to get to your story in a second. But Ben said one of the funniest fucking lines, and I think it went over everyone's fucking head during that press conference. Well, he was what, punking Jake Paul pretty good. Like, dude, he we, said flat out, he goes, "Jake, if this was a real fight, he goes, I'd fucking kill you." Yeah. He's like, he's like, you wouldn't have a fucking chance. He goes, yeah. I would ragdoll you in the back alley. Yeah. He's like, I would pick you up, beat the shit out of you. He goes, "We're going with my weakest aspect," and he goes, "And I'm still gonna kick your ass." <laughs> He goes, understand, he goes, I'm boxing right now, but in a real fight, he goes, I'd fucking kill you. Yeah. He's like, so shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I'll tell you this, Jake Paul knows how to like uh, get in there and get under people and market himself. And, and that's the thing. Get your money. 
Get yeah, your money. Yeah. And yeah, it's, what, same thing we were saying about the Chris yep. Brown thing. Yep. Get your fucking money, dude. I can't hate him there. And, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, as much as people don't like him, he's making money off the fact that people don't like him. People aren't paying to see him box. Yeah. People are, are paying to Please see him. Please punch that motherfucker out. But he's so fucking annoying. Please beat his ass. Yeah. And, and if you're making money off of that and you can take that and you're cool with it. Yeah. Do good for you. Yeah. If you can be that hated and 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 make money off of it. Great. He Chris will all- Brown versus Jake Paul. Ooh. You know, who would you root, root for? God, that there's got to be a villain in that. You know, here's the thing. You ever if Jake Paul, if you're watching, Danny Diablo comes in and smashes them both, <laughs> brings out a table in the Hardy Boys and just beats the shit out of everyone, and then becomes a win for Danny Diablo, yeah. and then he takes everyone's purse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, in a in a Chris Brown, Jake Paul fight, I think Chris Brown is so hated. Yeah, <laughs> that Jake Paul actually comes out the hero on that one. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Chris Brown jumped up. And so, for the record here, we are talking about Chris Brown from the band Trapped, not the R&B singer. Which, who can do he's, he's had his moments, too, of... Uh, that came up recently. Did it? Where someone was just like... Sorry, we go off on a tangent. I didn't even smoke weed. <laughs> I feel like we're running on tangents. No, dude, I'm ADD as fuck, so am, we'll, I, we'll start bad. here and we'll end over there. We're not a well, we're good for conversation, yeah. but it's gonna go everywhere. Everyone's like, Will you guys stay on one fucking topic? <laughs> yeah, task at hand. <laughs> no, as far as the, the I brought this up the other day where I was like, I didn't play Chris Brown for like a good six years because I was like, I took Rihanna's side on that now, one. I was gonna say, he's not talking about trapped at the DJ booth, he's yeah. talking about Chris Brown, the RB scene. Yeah, I didn't play like up until I think that happened, and then he did a track with Bane Benazi. I think there was like four or five years that went by, and I finally like. I we think did it was that track with Lil Dicky. That's a pretty dope track. That was a dope track, dude. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, I will say this, man. The dude makes some hits, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm like, dude, I'm like, stay out of the fucking news. Like, stop kidnapping people. Yeah. Stop fucking smacking girls up. Please. I I got used to playing your records again. Stop. <laughs> yeah, stop. Yeah. Stop fucking up. Don't be like R. Kelly, dude. Yeah. Fucking nasty ass. <laughs> mm. So we're going to circle back. Yeah. Um, Lemmy, Motorhead. Lemmy, Motorhead. All right. So uh, when I first moved to L.A., um, I used to go to the, the Rainbow Room all the time. Are mm-hmm. you familiar with the Rainbow Room? Bar and Grill, yeah. yeah. Off of Sunset, right? Yes. One of the most iconic, like, 80s. Every, anyone, I'll, I'll give you a hint. If if you go to L.A. and you want to go to the Rainbow Room to, like, see people or on Sunset, don't go on a weekend. They, that's the tourist time. The locals come out on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays. It's nothing but it's crazy i ran into andy dick there i ran into cypress hill there i ran into uh cory taylor there ran into search tankian um fucking in sync was there like i i ran into people all i would go sunday through tuesday and i just networked with people but lemmy was always when he wasn't on tour he was always there he was playing in the back uh his machines he loved mm-hmm. playing his machines and would just have a beer and me being from milwaukee when I went there, I'm like, where's the beer? Let's drink. Woo! Just fucking. And everyone else is like doing a bunch of designer drugs and shit. So <laughs> Lemmy would get a kick out of me and he'd laugh because I would always be yelling, ruckus and all this stupid shit. And I remember one time <laughs> I was I was pretty fucked up. And uh, I was like, ah, bartender, I need a Heineken. And she's like, you're cut off. And I said, what? I'm cut off? I was like, why? She's like, you're running around yelling. She's like, I can't have that. And then Lemmy's, Lemmy's like, whatever her name is, like, Heather or whatever. He's like, come here. And I see him talking to her. And I'm sitting on the other side of the bar. And she's like, Ugh. She comes walking over with a Heineken. She's like, Lemmy bought you one. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Lemmy just bought me a drink. And I went over to Lemmy. And I, I, I was like, Lemmy, I, 
thank you so much. He's like, cheers, Meg. You know how to party. <laughs> I will remember that story to the day I die. She, the bartender was so pissed that she couldn't cut me off. <laughs> Just, uh, mm-hmm. See, she, she, she was like, she was like this. Let me bought you this. <laughs> wait, wait, time out. Do you need another yes, one? Yes, yes. Hey, Randon, can you do me a favor? Can you run and grab another White Claw for Captain Claw over here? Thank <laughs> and you whiskey. So much. No, I'm just kidding. We're, There's is... a Japanese whiskey over there, too. Japanese whiskey? Randon, you want... Here, you want to do me a favor? You want to grab two rocks glasses, too? Grab the, the whiskey? So he got me this amazing... Uh, bottle of whiskey for yeah. Christmas and it says Japanese whiskey uh, we actually opened it up for the first time when Jordan was here uh, two weeks ago yeah and oh, it, it's so smooth it's good yeah he did a really good job of picking that out yeah and the problem is is this is that I with you you may or may not have the same issue with not playing shows six seven nights a week yeah. for the last year I can't drink for shit like I'll have one of these and I'll just be like <laughs> dunzo yeah, but um, yeah, the, I haven't been able to drink at all, and yeah, I like I'll have like a beer and a half now, and I'll, I'll start talking shit to my girl. I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> what How you doing? doing? <laughs> what you doing later? <laughs> Hi. Hey. And I'll be like, oh, you over there just looking for? And she's like, are you drunk already? I'm like, maybe. <laughs> well, that's it. I saw you got that rancid poster. Oh yeah, dude. So this, I'll pull this out. So I got this at the uh, that sign. Yeah. That was for the uh, Dropkick Murphy, or not Dropkick Murphy, that was um, uh, the other punk band, Dropkick, yeah, Dropkick Murphy, what? I thought I was saying Flag and Molly for yeah. some sec, for yeah, some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, So that was Dropkick, and, uh, oh, it's not going back up there. You haven't even had your shot yet. <laughs> You're already yeah. fucked up. I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, stay on the mic <laughs> know, and, like, put stuff away, I and I'm like, I don't want to fold this the wrong way. It's nice that I don't have, usually I have to run everything wherever I'm doing. This is nice to, like, be the guest and, like. I'm going to fucking be the asshole today. You do this shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I've watched your podcast. Yeah. Are you running everything from your uh, from your uh, laptop then? Well, from a computer that, you know, yeah. sitting, yeah, kind of like you had, but it's in the basement. So I'm trying to still figure out everything with, uh, you know, the mics and stuff like that. It, it's been a little bit of a learning curve for me. Ah, uh, thank you. Oh, you pulled out ice too? Oh, he knows what's up. <laughs> and he got the uh, white claw. Look at that. Yeah, that works. All right, I'll do a shot Woo! with you. I, I, want, I want to be really loud, but I'm trying not to fuck things up in the podcast. <laughs> Cheers, America. Boom. What are we talking? Oh, so Rancid, yeah. Um, on the new Scarhead record, we actually have Lars Fredrickson from Rancid doing a track with Danny on that. Oh, hells yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Lars, is, uh, Lars is good friends with one of my teammates, um, CM Punk. And I, there are a few times I've ever been pissed off yeah. at people at my gym it was duke and tammy and he posts this um post this photo of him and lars at the gym wait who did this uh duke from oh, our oh, gym duke rufus yeah okay so he posts a photo with him and lars and i was like hey i was like you guys know i'm a huge rancid fan right and they're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally i was like no phone call no text <laughs> message I was like, I thought we were fucking homies, man. What the fuck? He's like, nah. Lars said he doesn't want to talk to you. I was like, that's what he... I would have told you. <laughs> I was like, is he still there? They're like, no. No, he watched. Uh, he watched Punk Fight, and then he took off. And I was like, I... oh so really? I was like, this happens again. I was like, you guys call me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm coming down. I'm a fanboy of the shit out of him. Yeah. Here, anyway, cheers. Thank you for cheers, coming brother. out, brother. To the Zero Podcast Show. Oh, that's good. Oh, you ripped that whole thing here. You need another one? No, no, no. Okay, I'm good right oh, now. Oh yeah, you still got to drive back. Right? Uh, yeah. But um, 
yeah so i uh i ended up going to, going to go see them at um i keep forgetting what the fuck that place is called now the amphitheater oh we were just talking about this yeah what what the fuck isn't it is it american family i don't know that's summer family fest is, yeah well nothing's open so it doesn't fucking matter just call yeah. it uh the amp the summer fest the empty lot that used to be a fuck <laughs> The, the cool place we used to see. Where concert. we walk around with our COVID walks because we can't do anything yet. <laughs> it's it's so depressing. Well, I, I will say this in comparison to 2020, at least the weather's nice. As yeah. as opposed to like, dude, I felt like, was it 20 or I'm sorry, 2020 was just like, dude, it took till I think the end of June to actually like warm, warm up. up. Where, yeah. where now it's like, dude, it's like 70. It was 72 the other day. I had the dog and just let her off the leash and let yeah. her run around for a while. But yeah, I just felt like every day I woke it's up. It's gonna there. take a long time for things to be like normal, though. You know what I mean? It's tough, man. I will say this: like the fact that so many of the festivals have already just said that were canceled, like um, Festa Italiana canceled. They're saying that uh, Mexican Fiesta yeah. may be happening because it's like the end of August. Yeah, they're like, looking at the fall, but again, Wisconsinites like to go out and drink in the summertime, and it's outdoors. It's not. I mean. If if UV light is supposed to be killing, I was. We're not getting into this. It's no, going to turn into politics dude. again. Uh, oh. I was in Vegas two weeks ago, and a lot of shit was closed down still. But the things that were open, there's there's a ton of people that want to go out and do things. So everything that was open was mass packed. Instead of it just being like everything open and spread out. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. You know what yeah. I mean? So everyone's still huddled together, but they say because of COVID. Six feet, you can't do that on those lines and stuff like that. It was impossible. It made no sense. What's crazy to me is that um, my my friend John lives right across the street. Yeah. And he was telling me when he was out in Vegas, he goes, it's one of those where you can walk around the casino floor, you can smoke, mm-hmm. but the second that cigarette goes out, your mask has to go up. And I'm like, you were just smoking and walking through a casino. Like, yeah, none of these rules. Doesn't make sense. But I mean, I get it because they're trying to just... Be as safe as possible. And, yeah. and, and granted, with, with the masks, it does bring things, you know, we, we saw a spike go down. You know what I mean? So even after they lift all the sanctions, I'm sure there's going to be people that still wear it. I just don't want to see people fighting like, oh, you're being selfish for, you know what I mean? Like everyone wants to do their part, but also everyone wants to have a little freedom. You got to, you got to, it's a little bit of give and take. You know what I mean? That goes back to, I don't know if we were talking about this off air. See, this is why I always said that. I was like, everything we talk about, we should talk about on air. Yeah. Um. Oh, we did talk about this on air where people have different opinions mm-hmm. and no one really sees a middle ground. It's left or right. There's and really that's no not the way to look at it. Yeah. And there has to be a level of understanding. The, the big thing that I see for it is a lot of people talk online and you can't you can't read um, inflection. Uh, yeah. You, like what people are really yes. saying and or, or sarcasm. Yes. And I think too many people take it way too seriously or. But you, you want to know what's irresponsible is even like, let's say this interview, if you just chopped up two sentences of what I said or you said and put it in a headline, it would look bad. Like, I want freedom. You know what I mean? And yeah. they'd be like, DRP says, I want freedom. No, I said that in there, yeah. but I did. I said all this other shit. And people just read the headline and go, that fucking asshole, thumbs down, blah, blah, blah. I'm boycotting. They do that to everybody. Yeah. By the way, if you're part of cancel culture, this is not your podcast. <laughs> and this is not, yeah, don't come to Force 5 Records. It'll <laughs> destroy you. I, you know, I actually debated about putting like a disclaimer. Like if you 
are easily offended if you're part of this, that, and the other. Please don't tune in. Yeah, because yeah. you're just you're gonna hate every second of this. They're trying to cancel Joe Rogan now. I feel like he is one of the most inflective and list. He listens to every scope of things, and they're trying to cancel him now. Oh, what did I miss, dude? So what happened? Well, there's a few different things. Uh, he's on Spotify now, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> He he's had this thing for a while. What's that transgender fighter that broke a, another girl's skull? Oh, that's Fallon Fox. Fallon Fox. That two fractured skulls. Was it two? That's the same girl or no? No. Oh, he's uh, she, she's fractured. She Fallon Fox has in the the fights that she has done. Yeah. Two girls left with fractured skulls. Okay, so all he's saying. Is if they're gonna have a class, let the transgender class be. It should be men fighting men, women fighting women. Have a transgender one. There's, there's a lot of push for that. Um, you there see that in states. That. Th- there's states that are making that, and the reason for it is, and and I I I agree with this. Is that there are the the reason why there's men and women sports mm-hmm. is for the fact that. Men are allocated so much money along with women for scholarships, for sponsorships, so on and so forth. What ended up happening is, is I forgot the name of the girl, but she's a girl out of Texas. There was a YouTube video that was out on her. And she had said that because of the fact that there was trans athlete that she was competing with, Mm -hmm. that she missed out on all these scholarships and possibilities for training at like the Olympic center, so on and so forth. Cause she was just getting blown out of the yeah, water yeah. instead of taking first place. She was taking like third place. Yeah. So what she said was, is that these are supposed to be equal sports for women, equal sports for men, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but she has, she's technically, she's not competing against men, but she's competing against someone that has, um, the advantages of testosterone being in their system mm-hmm. for a certain period of time where men are faster than women, but, you know that that statement right there triggers people, and, and I get I, it. But why does that? That's natural genetics. Are you going to argue that? I, Can I you think argue that? You and I, I can't argue it. I, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I'd like. I'm to... not again. I'm not belittling any other person the way they feel. If you want to be a squirrel, <laughs> I'll drink with you at the bar. Yeah, I'd probably gravitate to you first. You're a <laughs> fucking squirrel. <laughs> Do you drink? <laughs> Are we friends now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. But you can't argue certain things. Men, naturally, not all men, but men are naturally stronger than women. They shouldn't be beating the shit out of women. Yeah. Now, some women can beat the fuck out of men. Like, yeah. There's, there's some <laughs> meaty women out there that'll beat the fuck out of you. Um, the, the point of what I was getting to was this, is that, yeah, I think the trans, the trans group should yeah. have its, its own competing class. Yes. But at the same time, I don't think and this is me kind of, I don't know this for a fact. I don't think that community is big enough to be able to have a real competitive class where Fallon Fox, I don't know how many transgender MMA fighters there are out there. That'd be and, interesting uh, to find that out, yeah. yeah. But I get that this person still wants to compete, but it's not It's not an even, even playing field. Not yet, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, even there's certain women that are out there that, like Amanda Nunes, this bitch hits like a fucking train, bro. Yeah. Just ruins girl. There was a girl that had um she had PTSD. Uh she just fought the other day on um Bellator. I'm trying to think of her name. Kat Zangano. She said she couldn't like be around like bright lights for like six months. That's how hard this girl hits. Oh, Amanda Nunes fucking gave her Yeah, gave her PTSD <laughs> gave her PTSD. Like she had to get all these 
all these scans and stuff like that. And that's a girl that just knocks out guys at ATT. Yeah. Like she's yeah. a she's a fucking beast. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't know what the right answer is for the trans thing. Yeah. But there's got to be something so that these women we, athletes don't feel like the they're world getting dicked over. Moving forward, I'm sure. Hopefully, we come cool. to a solution. We yeah. come to a solution to it. Yeah. But I think the way that you do that though too is people got to listen to each other. People got to talk. And that's the big thing is that there has to be a level of communication. My thing is this, is that I don't understand the right way of doing that. Like, I don't know why I don't think I do. I don't think I know any trans people. What I'd like to do. I actually know a few. You know what I mean? What I'd like to do is hear what their opinion is on it and and kind of be able to form my opinion from there. But right now, this is where my opinion is until it's influenced by someone else. Yeah. And I, I think the problem is, is that I get in the level of fairness that people want to be like, hey, you can't say that. Well, no, we have to talk about these mm-hmm. things. That yeah. We have to educate each other. Yes. Not necessarily fight and butt heads, yeah. but be like, hey, this is my opinion. What do you think? Oh, you know, I kind of like this part of your opinion. I disagree with that. And I, I think, I guess as the world keeps moving, you're seeing that even in Hollywood and stuff like that, they're trying to make sure, you know, the experiences of, of, of black people, of of uh, Asian, like everything, they're trying to like make it more integrated. But there's going to be growing pains to that. Yeah. But people can't just fucking shut. Like this is the way it's going to be. Boom, and shut everything down. You got to be able to listen and keep working through this. That's on both sides. Yeah, I think I think one of the hardest thing is is that people don't have patience. You know the the way the world is now. Yeah, everything's it's, instant. It's instant. I, I say that in in music marketing now, it's a different beast. When I was in Soar, we toured on an album for three years and just kept promoting it, and promoting it and touring. Nowadays, you drop something and a month later, it's old news. Two days later, it's old news. Sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because people's attention spans. You have this thing in your hand and you're constantly seeing new shit. You're like, oh, that was yesterday. I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard. Like I had thought about that a lot when it comes to music. Is the fact that I remember there were track like when Usher's Yeah came out. Yeah, I think I played that for every gig for like six or seven years. Yeah, and people were requesting it. Yeah, they were for like, that long. For that long. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, House of Pain's Jump Around's a staple forever, brother. Fuck yeah, <laughs> dude. Hell's yeah, I still play that almost yeah. every show. But um, like I'll play a track that's maybe two months old that was popular for like the first month it came out. People are like, oh, you still play that? I'm like. This shit's two months old. Like and fucking. That makes me sad as artists. Like that, it's it's so disposable. You see a lot of artists now. I'm not knocking new artists because I think I think there's some great <clears> new <throat> artists, but you see a lot of these guys. They're just dropping a single every month, and it gets picked up for a month. They, or people like it, and then they forget about it, and then they drop another one. And it's becoming so cheapened by it. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that in like hip hop type world. In the metal world stuff, it's different because it takes a lot more to write a metal song. You, yeah. There's a lot more recording. It's more expensive. So that shit lasts longer, you know. That's why I, I'm glad like '80s and '90s hip hop icons are being respected more now. For a while, people were like, "Oh, that shit's old." Like, you know, Public Enemy, like they're gonna forever. But in the in the metal world, Iron Maiden, Kiss, uh, Metallica, Slayer, forever they're gonna be well respected yeah. because metal world we remember that shit. I don't know why hip hop is not that way. You're starting to see it a little bit more now. But with the new hip hop heads, like a lot of these new artists. A lot of them, they're probably making millions of dollars. Respect you. Fuck yeah. Make your money. But they're not going to be remembered. Yeah. You know, I I, I will say this as far as the hip hop scene goes. And I've said this on previous podcasts. The women, ladies of hip hop are fucking murdering it. Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. Snow the product. She's underground. Oh, dude. I know her too. Yeah. 
Um, I saw her. She was on a promo disc. I got back Snow? In like back in like 2012, and I was bumping that shit when it first came out. And people were like, who is? This? I was like, Snow the Pedusa. <laughs> <laughs> She actually came to town recently, or like uh, right before COVID mm. at the rave. My old lady wanted to go see it, but I, I can't remember why she, she couldn't make it. I think I was out of town or something. I'm always out of town when she wants to see a show. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this before? Uh, oh, we were talking about hip-hop. Yeah. Ladies of hip-hop, uh, they're just fucking murdering it. Mm-hmm. And the production on, on all their shit is top flight. I can't stand a lot of the male rappers now because everything's just like so a lot, a lot of it auto-tuned, is, yeah, reverb. I'm, I mean, I like Schoolboy Q. He's like modern. I mean, yeah. he's a little bit older now too, but of the modern like, he, trap artists, I like him a lot. I love Kendrick Lamar. Who doesn't like Kendrick? Yeah. Kendrick, Schoolboy Q, Yellow uh, Wolf Chains. is great. Oh, we were we went to a couple of Yellow Wolf yeah, shows. Yeah. Did you wait? Did you ever get to work with him? Because I remember I, you- my, I, my his first show in Milwaukee. It was me and him on a Sunday night. There was like eighty people there, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the minute he hit, hit the stage. I was like, this motherfucker's going to be huge. Here's another story. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, go ahead, dude. 30-second story. No, no, tell so as like, many as you want. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a, a track with him you know, before before he blows up. Mm-hmm. So this is when um, Trunk Music came out. Oh, dude, that was, yeah. a, that was a banger. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, Yella, uh, let's do this track. I was like, I'll pay you a grand to do this track. And I was talking to his boys and stuff like that. And like, okay, after, the, after this, we'll discuss it more. And then he had um, two chicks come up to him. And he forgot about me after that. And then two days later in Detroit, he signed to Shady Aftermath. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. So Since then, uh, I can't get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Yellow, if you're around, Yellow, hook your boy to DRP up. Danny Diablo, DRP, Yellow Wolf. Let's do this. Hells yeah, dude. I He put out a country record oof, five years ago. Oh, Love Story? Was that it? Well, I mean, that's one of his records. I mean, he's putting out a ton of shit. He yeah. just did a put out on with Caskey that's super dope. With Cassidy? Caskey. Oh, Caskey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't fought, like, I haven't been keeping up to date. No. You know, with not DJing, dude, it's so easy just to just be you like. You better start uh, getting this shit together. You got to get back on and do this shit soon. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Don't be playing Usher's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is I had to do that, that Jägermeister behind the shot mix, mm-hmm. and they had hit me up, and I was like, all right, cool. So I started going through and doing the production for it and laying out an outline and whatnot. And I was like, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, do I still know how to do this? Dude, I had to play for like a half hour before I, before I started recording. Yeah, Cause I was yeah. like, I was like, I, can I still mix? Like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? I'm like, I can't scratch for shit. Well, you gotta anymore. do a lot of that. Um, I don't, I don't know a lot of like the modern techno type acts or anything like that. I couldn't tell you any of that. There's, I mean, there's a ton of them right now. I mean, it's, it's the, the market. I haven't been out that, to a club in a while. The yeah. only time I heard that shit was when I came up by you. <laughs> I mean, there's a ton of them, man, um, but it's it's constantly changing. And, yeah. and that's the thing is that, you know, guys that were staples in EDM. Yeah. I mean, they still have their name, but there's so many of them now. Is Bad Boy Bill still around? He is. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Um, I actually, dude, I played with him. What? You played with Bad Boy Bill? Seven or eight years ago. No, it was before I left for Vegas. So it had to be like eight or nine years ago. Yeah. It was uh, me, Bad Boy Bill, and then Carmen Electra host, hosted it. Yeah, it was it was one of Silk's anniversary parties. Oh, that's dope! And it was it was it was great in the sense that like they're like they're like okay, we're gonna do four turntables, one mixer, so on and so forth. And I had to get all the equipment and whatnot. And they're like, okay. I've been like this. Where's Carmen Electra? So that <laughs> that's the crazy part about this. So I'm on stage DJing, mm-hmm. and the owner of Silk texts me. He's like, Hey, can you drop Carmen Electra's song into your set? 
and I instantly reply back, no explanation. No, you didn't. I was like, whatever this girl's making, it can be good. And so her assistant literally walks out on stage and is like, I'm going to airdrop this to your computer. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to. I've been like, uh, if I play this for Carmen, how nice she's going to be to me. <laughs> she gave me a kiss on the cheek. Dude, she was dating. Um, What's the dude from uh, America's Got Talent? Or not America's Got it's Simon Cowell. Wait. She was dating Simon Cowell? I don't know if that was supposed to be public information or not. Oh, but shit. My bad. <laughs> oh, headlines. Simon Cowell. I'm just kidding. I don't want to. Dude, the, the five people that are watching this are going to be like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Or I've already told this story to him. But um, they were dating at the time. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a shot in hell. Yeah. I was like, that dude's got fucking long money. I was like, I got, I'm a thousand. You're a much best. better looking man, though. If oh. I was gay, I'd, I'd bang you first. You know what? <laughs> Keep giving him these white claws. I appreciate all the compliments. <laughs> But um, yeah. Of so if, of course, if I never wanted to work again, I would bang Simon Cowell. So <laughs> see you later, Parker. But um, yeah. So her assistant airdropped the song onto my computer, and yeah. I literally I took a listen to it, and I was like, "This is hot garbage." Did you play it? I played it. Ah, I fucking I bit the corporate. And you didn't dick, even bro. get a kiss on the cheek, sucker. Got, and you know what? I didn't even get a photo with her. I didn't oh, get shit. Really? I got two things: Jack and fucking shit from that broad. And Jack left town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I the the highlight for me was playing with Bad Boy Bill, and then um, his guy they brought with him was a, another DJ from Chicago. Um, he was part of um, the Vice Squad or Vice DJs. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I know who the fuck you are. I'm like, you're a resident such and such. Yeah. And I was like, cool. And he's like, dude, you dropped an amazing set. And I was like, really? I was like, you didn't invite me down to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hook a homie up, yeah. dude. Walk. You don't pay a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Chicago pays a lot more for their Ooh. clubs. Fuck I wonder it. how all those clubs are doing down in Chicago. Like those people got to be dying too with the COVID. They've been closed, man. Like we have. So as far as like my career with Silk goes, we have a ton of girls that come up from Chicago yeah. and work by us because all those clubs have been shut down. So I don't know what's going on with them. I I, I know the mayor or not the mayor. The uh, the governor at one point said that they had to start reopening stuff, otherwise businesses weren't going to be open. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Is that I get it covid but at the same time you know you got all those businesses downtown they're paying those huge nuts I know. every fucking month yeah those rents on those places man yeah and i'm like i don't like ppp loan all right but if your place like gibson's and that fucking nut you got to make is like 50k like to pay rent on that fucking oh, place God. and that's that's me pulling a number out of my ass but you know whatever it is that they got to pay on mm. that building every fucking month yeah if they don't own that like you know and that's every bar down there that's yeah. every that's every office down there too. So, what do you do? Yeah. The <sighs> mid, all those venues. I'm trying to think of what's uh, not the Hammerstein. That's in New York. Um, I'm trying to think of the venue uh, for concerts down there. City Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which incredible. is no more. Which is no more. Wait, what? Yeah, Alex sold the bar. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've seen some fucking. You put on some amazing shows. Yeah, out there. we a, didn't. We didn't even talk about that at all. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've forgotten more than I. Cool. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say this. Probably one of the coolest ones was I ran into you at one point. And like, bro, I got the chick from Flyleaf playing at uh, at City <laughs> yeah. Launch. I was like, yeah. what? I was yeah. like, Lacey's. Oh, you were at that show? Yeah. Did you go to the David Allen Co. show there too, or no? No, I was out of town for that oh, one. Okay, okay, okay. But no, that was one you told me about, and I was like. Fuck, I got yeah. out of town. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. I'm like, I want to go see that one. Yeah. But uh, dude, it was one of those. I have a videotape of it, or not videotape, but I have a video of it on my phone. And I've showed it to friends and they're like, 
dude, is Flyleaf playing in your backyard? Because they have that huge. <laughs> yeah, that huge. Yeah, yeah that stone encounter. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, I was like, this is City Lounge out in Cudahy. I was had like, Bubba Sparks there. Had uh, Lazy Bone. Right. Lazy Bone from Bone Thugs there. Dude, I wanted to see the Bubba Sparks show, dude. I, dude, I was playing Bubba Sparks uh, Friday. Cudahy, you lost a gem with City Lounge, you dickheads. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so what happened? You just wanted to get out? He was COVID? getting tired, just tired. And, and you know what? COVID fucked things up too, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's just, he was in, in the bar business for 12 years. You, you've you been in the bar business basically for a long time. You know how cutthroat it can be and how tiring it can be, yeah. you know what I mean? Even though you, you're not, you're DJing there and all that, but you you know the behind the scenes. Dude, behind the scenes, let me tell you something. We were watching, so my girlfriend had never seen Cocktail before and I fucking lost my goddamn <laughs> Number one, she had, she had never seen Goonies. What? Exactly. That's exactly what I said. She had never seen Goonies, so I made her watch Goonies. And mm-hmm. we're talking about, like, other 80 cult films. I was like, you ever see 16 Candles? She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So quick backstory really quick. So I was trying to make the long duck dong sample where he's like, <laughs> hey, sexy girlfriend. I was trying to make that my text alert every yeah. time she texts me. Yeah. And she's like, who the fuck is long duck dong? And I, I almost had a fucking <laughs> aneurysm. I do that with my old lady all the time. She doesn't remember. She's... She's a little bit younger than me, so <laughs> she doesn't know the 80s flicks. She was born in 90, 91, so. So I'm, I've been making her watch all this, and so circling back to what I was saying, I've been in the bar industry long enough where I watch cocktails, and I have PTSD, because I'm like, oh my God, I remember the exact moment in my life when I was like, when I left the city I was working in, I went and worked in a vacation area, yeah. and I was like, and I did this, and I was like, oh, and one of the guys I, I, I was co-working with slept with one of my girlfriends, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I was watching like, <laughs> I watched 30 minutes of this. So I was like, I can't fucking yeah, watch done. this. I'm done. <laughs> Is this my life story? I was like, fuck, yeah. dude. I was like, I remember watching this when I was a teenager and be like, who would have this fucked up of a life? And yeah. I was like, this is an outline for my fucking life. Yeah, I was like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, you can watch this by yourself. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna go work on music in the studio. But yeah, um, where the fuck were we going with this? Oh, being in the bar industry long yeah, enough. Yeah. 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 Ah, that's a bummer, dude. City Lounge was such a great spot. Mm-hmm. And, dude, that patio was fucking tits yeah dude. yeah well hopefully the new owners god bless them i hope it does well for them so hopefully man yeah we d- are you still gonna do shows with them with the new owners or i don't know well, i'll have the first time again they're drunk and we'll see how nice they are to me because people either really like me or hate me when i'm jumping around the tables <laughs> rockers <laughs> yeah. they're like who if they're like who the fuck is this guy get him out i'll be like i'm a but they're like hey I like your energy. Yeah, I'd be like you like shows. You <laughs> like making money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's work together. Yeah. Here's some more PBRs. Tell us your ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry, white claws. Yeah, yeah I, I've gone up from the PBRs, man. I still, you know what? We've had this conversation a million times. I've still yet to drink a white claw. What? Still never. I stick to. Uh, so there's. Uh, I like Stella Heineken's. I, I stick to um, uh, Boddington's and Scotch. Uh, those are the two things Jesus. I. Those are the only two things I really drink these days. Sorry, we're not hoity-toity over here, dickhead. You know what? You should have one because the 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 Boddingtons. It's fucking amazing. And scotch. Well, I mean, not together, but <laughs> I was gonna say, you just, I'm not. I'm not like you, drinking you're like, like you're like. Welcome to the zero or the podcast show. <laughs> zero zero cool. I did. I did have a, a round ice cube in here before. <laughs> you're like, we're gonna drink scotch and talk. We're gonna talk MMA. We're gonna talk music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something really intellectual to talk about. We're going to talk politics. We're going to talk no, about... Ch- <laughs> we've already talked way too much politics. 
I, my show already got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube's t- already shut it down. We're 10 episodes in. I was like, my was- shit's got shut down. My whole, all my websites. I was like, it was a good run. 10 yeah. episodes. That's what it took me. <laughs> Once again, thank you to the five people that tune into this every week. Yeah. But um, thank you. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit, dude. I've been having a problem with this fucking thing. I was trying to. I lost noise. Nah, this isn't working anymore. I lost. You blew out one of my eardrums. Sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> is it that loud? Is it loud? No. Oh. So I uh, I try to avoid trying to sound nasally and, yeah. and midwestern. Yeah. So I crank this up to make sure that I I articulate because I can hear every nuance of how I talk. Yeah. And then it's one of those that if you yell, it's just, mm. but no, it's, it's all good, dude. Yell as much as you want. I, I still got one ear drum. I do the Ric Flair woos, but woo. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did you ever watch the uh, 30 for 30 with him? No. It's fucking good. Is it? Yeah. Anything with Ric Flair is entertaining as fuck. Dude. So they talk about, they talk about like, or he tells stories about how he was going around the road and he would put, have like a 30 pack of beer riding shotgun with him and all the empties would just go flying in the back seat. I'm sure he had a little more besides those beers. He had a little Yeah. <laughs> that uh that old trucker coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um one of the one of the funny stories I f- I forgot if this was on the actual one or if it was the behind, or the uh the extras on it. But he's telling a story on there about how he wakes up one day and he would call them aliens, girls. <laughs> and he didn't know where the hell he was. And he was in a hotel. And uh, he, like, wakes the girls up. He's like, hey, hey. And the girls wake up. They're like, what's up? He's like, where the fuck's my Rolex? They're like, you don't remember? He's like, remember what? He's like, you got pissed off at the restaurant that we were at last night. And you took your Rolex off, threw it in a bowl of pasta and said, fuck you. I got 15 more of these at home and stormed off. And I was like, I was like, that's baller. And then they cut back to him. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just, I would call them aliens. And they cut to his wife right afterwards. And she's like. Yeah, Rick wasn't the most faithful. Oh, my God. <laughs> Different time. Yeah. <laughs> 80s were, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think the 80s was really thankful there was no cancel culture around. Or, or videos, for, you know, video all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm I'm glad back then they didn't have all videos all the time. Uh, you know what? I miss, like, um, I do miss, like, being able to see, like, all the stuff. Because I, when I was in middle school and elementary school, like, I, I didn't take a lot of photos. Yeah. Like, childhood friends and shit like yeah. that I thought would be great. No, but you're right. But the problem is it it becomes a, a thing where it's too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was on the flight to Vegas, and I went in my phone because I was bored, and I got rid of 4,000 pictures that was in my phone. Jesus That's Christ. ridiculous that I have that many shit. I, you, had I mean, that many dick, you had that many dick pics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only half of it. <laughs> No, but like, well, for social media, I, I have to run a lot of social media uh, things for Subnoise and for Force 5. So I'm constantly screenshotting shit, putting it on this page. Right before this, what did we do? Right yeah. before we started the show, I'm like, all right, which platform should I put it on? Let's do this video. You know what I mean? Like, it gets to be, you have to do it. There's a means to ends. It's important, but it's too much sometimes. And like, the phone's constantly buzzing. Yeah. It's we're we're losing sight of like the the nice things that we see around us, and I'm just as guilty. I'm not saying it's like I'm better than you. I do that all the time, and I hate it. You know what I mean? No, I agree. It's it's one of those where I feel that I'm like I need to take a photo, mm-hmm. I need to take a video, and I'm like fuck it, enjoy the fucking moment. Especially concerts, man. Yeah, you're too busy like trying to get that great shot. shot. Yep. And to be honest, dude, it sounds like shit on your phone anyway. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Take a photo. But you want to at- take it and be like, hey, check out what I'm doing. It's so fucking cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a. Uh, 
you want to share your life with everyone, but I feel at the same time doing that, you're missing out on it at the same well, time. See, that's it too. Like, DMS just died, right? Everyone, you know, they grieve in a certain way. I've had a lot of friends die at overdoses, all this shit. I don't talk about it. I don't talk about a lot of personal shit on my social media. It's all promotion and stuff. But like, yeah, I'd like to post a picture of DMX, but I feel like it means more to me if I just internalize. Like, DMX meant a lot to me as an artist coming up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, But everyone does it, and I have no problem with that. But like, I try to like, I'm not going to post this. I'm not going to post it. Like my kids, I try not to post too much about them, even though I want to like take pictures and, and post like for my family and see like, oh, look, it, she got her license today. But like, Something's got to be private, you know what I mean? Like, and as a social media stuff, too many people post all their thoughts and ideas in there. Like, oh, I'm mad at my girlfriend right now, this and that. Like, you can't do that shit, you know what I mean? So, I think over time, a lot of that is it comes with maturity. Yeah. the The biggest thing for me is is I'll take a look at the uh, the Facebook memories. I have this thing called Time Hop. Mm. There's a lot of great stuff where it brings up a lot of great memories. Yeah. But there's also times where I go. Why the fuck did I post that? I had a few things like that not too long ago. I'm like, this is why I don't post this shit. Like, ugh, delete that. It's like eight years old. I'm like, delete that fucking yeah. bullshit. And it's just so cringy. But it comes with time where you go, okay, I get it. I get how this is supposed to work now. This isn't mm-hmm. This isn't the platform for that. Like, for me, it's it's. I promote this. I promote my shows. Um, In the entertainment world, it's a, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. You have to do it. But I will say this. During the lockdown, it was nice because I just deleted all of it. Yeah. And I, I'd always said... If I wasn't a DJ anymore, if I wasn't doing entertainment anymore, I would just delete all of it. I would too, but the thing is, my heart is in, in entertainment. It's You're never going to shut that off. Yeah. I, well, when I wasn't working, I was just like, fuck it, dude. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to take a break. It was nice. Two months of not having it. Yeah. And then even even after stuff reopened, I still didn't post about it. There was, there was stream stuff that I was doing with McGillicuddy's and a bunch of uh, Milwaukee DJs and shit like that. And I didn't post about it. And I was just like, fuck it. I was like, these guys are posting about it. They have social media. I'm just going to be there, so on and so forth. Yeah. But um, yeah, dude, it, the shit's tolling. And then that's the other thing, too, is drawing the line. Where's the line of personal and business? Mm-hmm. You know, there's you want to share everything with everyone, but at the same time, like, there's... There's that crazy part of you where it goes, someone's fucking stalking me. Someone's doing this. Someone's taking notes of my family. Yep. Yep. And, and you can never be too careful. Yep. I mean, even if it's whether you have five or five million people following you, where do you draw that line? Yep. Or the worst part is like uh, the shit that I constantly see. There's people I follow on like Instagram and shit like that. And everything's just a fucking ad. And it's just like, fuck, will you just actually do something that's genuine? Genuine, yeah. Instead of like, check out my CBD, check out the sports activewear, so on and so forth. (laughs) That is available at www. Check out White Claws in New York Hardcore. (laughs) No, no, your own shit, fine. Yeah. (laughs) But if it's it's something like... um, Force 5 Records. Where is that? I can't see where it is. This one right here. Boom. Force 5, White Claws. New York hardcore streetwear, but uh, yeah. I mean, if it's your own shit, it makes sense. Yeah. Like if it's um, like uh, I don't know. If you painted this this painting up here, like you're promoting your own shit, cool. And but, Tom Petty at the same time. Oh yeah. By the way, shout out to uh, Donald Top uh, on Instagram. He did the Petty, and then right behind you is uh Bon Scott and uh, Biggie. Oh shit! I didn't even see those. Yeah. Dope. He does. He does amazing fucking work. Yeah. I've sent uh. Do you know uh, the wrestler Brody? Mm-mm. He was a famous wrestler. He got got murdered after a, after a um, 
after a wrestling match down in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And then I, I forgot how it, it, they did a whole um, behind the ring type of deal with Jer- Chris Jericho hosts it. But uh, my friend Big Smooth's a big fan of of Brody, and he's a yeah. big fan of WWE and, and hardcore wrestling and stuff like that. And so as a thank you, because he always hooks me up whenever I go to Vegas, like he was the guy that got me in to go see 2 Chains. He's like I've seen Nelly and like all these different rappers out yeah. at, at Dre's Beach Club. And as a thank you, I sent him a Brody um, painting. And I was like, dude, I was like, when you get it framed up in your house, I was like, send me a photo. And, yeah. And Matthias from Jägermeister, I think I sent him a, a Bon Scott one as well. I send those out as gifts. And everyone's always like, dude, this is fucking amazing. If you look at that, there's like articles from when Biggie was in the news and shit like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty dope. It was all a dream. Hells yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, I still play Biggie. Dude, yeah. it's, you know what's crazy to me? Dropping Hypnotize and seeing college kids. I was going to say, they, they couldn't be that old to remember that shit. I'm like, you were you kids were literally scratches in your kids yeah, yeah. and your dad's fucking jock strap <laughs> when this fucking song came out. Like yeah. kids that were born in 2000 just going fucking ham to Biggie. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, how the fuck do you know this? I was like, do you have like an older brother, older <laughs> sister? And they're like, they're like, everyone knows Biggie. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Or the really weird thing is, is like when you get like college kids that come up to you and they go, yo, do you got crisscross? And I'm like, shut the what? fuck up. I can see like Beastie Boys or something like that. But no. Cr- they don't crisscross? I was like, I had- That first crisscross record's still dope. Dude. Uh, <laughs> that was the bus. <laughs> that was Jermaine Dupree, dude. Yeah, he produced yeah, that shit, yeah. dude. Dude, he was just, he was on fire back uh, yeah. then. But- um, Warm it up, Chris. I'm, I'm about, about to. to. <laughs> uh, that Those was- beats are dope. That that was the ongoing joke whenever I'd play with uh YB Chris YB yeah um I would always like before he would go on before me I'd drop warm it up Chris and he'd be like he'd be like walking him to stage he's like I'm about to oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he was on here I think episode three he, him and Steve Marks um being able to talk with the other DJs is always a always a fucking blast yeah man. do you do you get to hang out with like other artists too like outside of guys from Force Five or is it just like you just keep it kind of tight these days no I mean. I kick it with whoever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but like I said, lately since the COVID, mm. haven't been able to like really go out and see many people. So yeah, God damn, I just want this shit to be over with. I want, dude, I want to just rage into the summer. I, I'll probably die once they open everything up because I'm gonna lose <laughs> my fucking mind. You're gonna see me running around Milwaukee naked as fuck. Trust me, <laughs> dude. A case of white claw on your white one arm, just young. Woo! Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Ah, oh, fucking hell, man. Yeah. But what the hell else did we have to talk about? The Ruckus Mixtape, uh, Soar, MOD. Oh, you know what? I wanted to circle back to. How the hell did you end up end up with Primer 55? You never told me a story. Um, Basically, this is a funny story. My first solo record I was working on, I was trying to collect a lot of like the, my favorite artists to like do songs with me on there, so... I had already the Rugged Man on there, Potluck, Critical Bill from Detroit, which they were signed to Tech Nine for a while. But uh, I, Justin Morales was working at the Rave. He's like, "Hey, Primer Fifty Five is doing a show here. You should come in and you know say what's up to him and try to network." So I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "Actually, I wouldn't mind getting Jason on a song." So <clears throat> I went to the show. You could tell Jason was having his issues and stuff like that. And uh, I talked to their manager. I'm like, "Hey, I'd like to do a song with Jason." They're like, okay, we'll we'll talk about it, but um, they're like, um, I can't remember exactly how it came to be. I ended up talking to Bobby Burns, which me and Bobby have a strained relationship now, but whatever, it is what it is. Uh, 
he's like, hey, you rap? Are you like, can you do other things besides rap? I'm like, yeah, I've been in a metal band my whole life. I was like, so I gave him a source CD, and uh, I was like, just check it out. But I was like, I, you know, you, me, and Jason should write a song together. I was like, I'll, I'll hook you up with some money. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make this legit. And uh, like a month later, he hit me up. He's like, hey, Jason is not going to be in the band anymore. We're looking for a few people to try out. Would you be interested in trying out? And I said, of course, you know. And uh, he's like, here's two songs. Get this done by this weekend. Let me hear what you did with them. And we're, we're going to, you know, make a decision. And the songs were like, they weren't really Primer 55. I'm like, is he fucking with me? I, I don't know. But I was like, well, I'm going to write to these two. I, I have those demos somewhere. I, I really got to uncover those fuckers. Um, <clears throat> so I got the call. Like, I sent him to him on like a Sunday. And on Monday, he called me up. He's like, hey, do you want to uh, join Primer 55? I'm like, fuck yeah he's like okay we're going on the road in three weeks i'm like holy shit <laughs> so just so you to, learned all the songs yeah in i learned three all weeks. the songs yeah i had one practice with him we went to, i went down to atlanta we had a rehearsal the day before the tour and then i went out and toured with him half the songs i mean i knew about 80 percent of them but i had to learn like 15 songs and i'm like i can't remember all the riffs and stuff like that and i, I remember i would write notes on my hand for the first few shows I'd be like da 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 and the crazy thing, the other two guys that were in the band was me, Bobby Burns, and Billy Gray, and Frank Fonsieri. Frank was from Stuck Mojo, huge Atlanta band. Mm-hmm. But now Frank and Billy are in Fozzie with um, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, they're you know good what? friends of mine. Oh, when they come back to town, I'm fucking pissed. I had to work. They were playing a show on a Wednesday uh, at Shank Hall, and I wanted to go to it so bad. I actually, in my, like regular DJing at Silk. Yeah. I play Fozzy all the fucking really? time. Yeah. I remember when um was it Do You Want to Start a War came out and I remember Chris Jericho tried to describe it as like a dance track and yeah. I was like that's not a dance track. I was like it's a fucking great fucking song. Yeah. Um but yeah, they've done some amazing if that's the new lineup mm-hmm. in the last probably 4 to 6 years. They've done amazing work with that band. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's all them. Yeah, um, it's it's Billy, Frank, and um, Rich Ward from Stuck Mojo too. Okay. Yeah, Rich Ward's a phenomenal guitar player. Billy Gray is phenomenal. They had the greatest one-two punch, and their guitar is sick. Yeah, if you're not, by the way, if if you're a a rock metal fan, uh, and shit, if you're even a wrestling fan, Chris Jericho actually has some fucking pipes on him. He's mm-hmm. actually pretty talented. He uh, talk, him and Sebastian Bach keep talking shit to each other right now. What <laughs> the not, fuck? I don't know. It's just some Twitter war or whatever. Dude, if I was Sebastian Bach, I would shut the fuck up, dude. That guy, Sebastian Bach can sing like a motherfucker. That fucker was doing opera at one point, yeah, dude. Yep, yep. He's got some fucking pipes on him. But I'm like, seriously, though, Chris Jericho is fucking yoked and he's yeah. he's in his early 40s yeah yoked and i'm like you don't want a piece of that guy yeah, man yeah, yeah. he's got CTE. yeah i don't think fozzy needs uh a security guards because they rich ward used to be fucking big as fuck too and frank frank the tank man the drummer <laughs> yeah like those guys those boys will fuck you up dude of that what is the fucking story that all the drummers got to be like the fucking crazy dude of the group i just remember like fink was nuts from yep. uh he did reverend e and sore yeah. No, he was never in sore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fink was nuts. Tony, Tony was certifiably insane. Certifi- I remember there was a time we were hanging out with him, and someone started a fight with Tony. I think he broke a fucking glass mug over their head. Yeah, yeah. Were we in... Was that Cuddy or was that South Milwaukee we were in? Fuck. I just remember, like... Uh, Which Tony fight? There's been a million of them. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like, I remember at one point looking over to Tony, I was like, dude, I'm like, I fight a lot? I was like... <laughs> 
but you yeah, he, fight a, a lot. He's a lunatic. Um, who else was another drummer that was fucking certifiable? Any drummer on the planet. Yeah, pretty much, dude. They're all fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Neil Peart was the only one that was actually level. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell this joke. I always say, what <laughs> What do you call a drummer who just lost his girlfriend? What? Homeless. <laughs> Every drummer gets so mad at me. I'm like, it's true. <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> oh, that's fucking crazy, dude. Oh, um, where are we at? Shit, we did an hour and a half? God damn. Is it really been? Yeah, it's 8.30. Oh, all right, well. <laughs> Let's see. What, what else we got to plug really quick before we take off? We talked about DMX. Oh, uh, Sabbatic this Friday. Yes, Sabbatic this Friday. Danny Diablo. Uh, Danny Diablo's in town. He's doing a guest DJ gig in Sabbatic. Um, I can't remember the address, but... Uh, it's literally right down the street. It's okay. Second. Uh, oh, Second and National. Okay. So, da- Danny's in town. We're finishing the Scarhead record. Big Left's in town finishing his record, and then we're all going to party Friday night. The whole Force 5, Milwaukee chapter, plus Big Left, Danny. Danny's doing a DJ gig. Antihero Productions is putting it on. Force 5 Records will be in the house. So come out to, if you're in Milwaukee, come out to Sabbatic on Friday night. We're going to party. Yeah, I'm going to try and stop out early and just say hi to you guys. I have a, I have a previous engagement I have to handle all weekend, so I'm going to stop out at 8 o'clock, and i got to cut out at night. All right. Um, what else do I got? Ruckus. Uh, the Ruckus Mixtape Volume 2 is out. Force 5 Records. Get on there. Uh, dedicated to a uh, good friend, St. Dog, who passed away recently. That project should be done next couple of weeks or so. What, St. Dog Record? Yeah. It's almost done. Yeah, almost we're, done. We're, we're putting a release date on it soon, so it'll be Suburban Noise, Force 5 Records. Check out Force5Records.com. Uh, get yourself some swag. What else we got? DannyDiabloMerch.com. Hardcore Streetwear. Uh, what else? Combat Records. We already brought that up. Mm-hmm. Ruckus Mixtape. Sabbatic Friday. Oh, and Texas. If you're in the Texas area, number one. I don't know how the fuck you're watching this podcast, but thanks. Uh, <laughs> number two, 420 Party with uh, Force 5 Records, DRP, King Relic, uh, Milwaukee Zone. Make sure you come on out for it. Donnie, DRP, thank you for coming out. We're definitely got to do this again, dude. Um, yeah, we got whiskey and White Claws. I'm fucking ready. Oh, fu- Woo! <laughs> I had to do it once. All right, thank you, brother. Hey, that's us. Uh, catch us next week. We will have DJ Erich. Uh, on the podcast next week and then uh, I believe I have to find a new guest for the following week but uh, once again everyone thank you for tuning in Uh, we'll see you next Sunday 7pm peace out mahalo